my question is, I have a daughter, and it doesn't matter what my suggestion for her is, whether it's to help her or guide her or coach her, she always has a better solution, a better answer, and refuses to take guidance, and often falters, stumbles, and falls because she refuses to take help. That is my question, is how do you properly parent and guide a child that refuses your guidance and gets angry when given such guidance? All right, Jeannie, listen, this is part two. We talked to Jeannie yesterday, and you all participated in the show at a great time. Um, and again, you're welcome to call today and share on our storyline. we got callers all ready to go for the show, but our storyline is open at 888 As I said you know, yesterday, Jeannie, you know, you're having a, what I call is a parenting moment. It's a critical moment. You've got your kids, you love your kids, you care for your kids. They don't listen. Now, when they're five years old, that's different than when they're 15 or 25 years old and they don't listen. But how you handle them when they're five will make a difference because here's a fact. How you handle these difficult moments as a parent at the different stages of life will color the relationship that you have with your children now and into the future. And so it does make a difference. And so we've got some callers that are going to be sharing some thoughts today. And you're welcome to share your comment on our comment line at 888-888-1717. Uh, today. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, And Facebook friends joining us, uh, welcome. Nice to have you join us. You can share your comments below. We'd love to be able to share some of those, hear from you. One thing you've learned in parenting that's made a difference uh, in terms of these moments, these critical moments. Um, I know it's hard as a parent because sometimes what happens, there's really three approaches to this. One is that we can be too authoritarian, as we say, where you jump in and you make all the decisions your way or the highway. And uh, maybe you were raised that way. Maybe you're that kind of a parent. And the fact is, we find that kids tend to learn from that kind of style from their parenting. And so some parents just too authoritarian. Maybe you learned that in your, your home that you grew up in. On the other hand, we can have parents that are very permissive and It's more whatever the child wants, let them experience it. They could be making all their own decisions. We've got some really dumb things going on in our country today, allowing children to make decisions that are life-altering. Hello. Does that even make sense? We as a parent and grandparent need to be guiding, loving, instructing our children. And, of course, the third way and the best way, in my view, is uh, God's way. What does God teach One of the things we know is that we're all going to stand before him someday. Parents, you're not going to be standing there holding your son or daughter's hand when he stands or she stands before God. And so you want to teach your children that they are uh, uniquely created, who they are in, in Christ, help them learn to make better decisions, help holding them accountable, at the same time knowing when to release that as they start to get older and experiencing more consequences for life, that they can make decisions, healthy decisions, good decisions. That's what we've taught over the years. So um, that that's where we are today as we continue this discussion really from uh, from yesterday. Uh, so let's get started. Gina, Gina, uh, what share with us a little bit about one thing that 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 you've done that you've learned um, on how to handle your your daughter's rebellion. Maybe something. Maybe you, you say that here on the screen that you made some errors, you made some mistakes. So what is it that you've learned? 
unconditional love. I have a daughter that's 24. She's out of the house. She had a few bad things happen to her, and she questioned why God allowed that. She decided that she was going against him, decided that she was going to be going to the satanic church, and that was very difficult for me. I fought it with everything that I had, and I handled it the wrong way. And what I did was I just prayed, I gave her back to God because our kids belong to God. We have them for a short period of time, but they're ultimately His. And I had to hand her over and I just asked God to give me peace and to show her the love that He has for her, even though she has chosen that path, that He will always love her. And so I have learned that every day is a struggle for me to not push so that I still have that contact and to let her know that I love her and to listen when she wants to talk and just continue to pray for her and know that God has her. Mm. That's great. Uh, you going to do that daily then, next 30 days? Yes, daily, several times a day. <laughs> That's good. You know, we talk about 30 days, and I, the reason I mentioned that uh, to you, Glenna, is that if, if we can develop a new habit, and these are important parenting habits that can change the whole course, I believe, of a relationship with our uh, with our kids. It's powerful. All right, let's go to Amanda next in Texas. Hi, Amanda. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Appreciate your call. What What have you learned in these parenting moments well, with our kids? I have learned, uh, we have a blended family, and now as of last month, I am an empty nester for the first time, mm-hmm. and I have seven grandbabies. And so there's that. But what I've learned is in all of it, I used to fret a lot over my children, and you're not supposed to do that. And um, so I learned very hard how to say thank you, Father, for their testimony. Not only their testimony right now, but their testimony in the future. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for it so that I'm not getting in his way. (laughs) And that's what I wanted to share with everybody is if you can release them into his hand and say, I don't know better than you, Father. Only you can teach them. Only you can touch their heart. And only you're the only one that can open up their heart and speak to them. Then I I just thank you for their testimony. I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you for what you're going to do because it's going to be miraculous. And I can't wait to see it. That's wise. Wise. Now, blended, what was the toughest part of doing all of this with a blended family for you, Amanda? Well, um, I have, uh, my husband was married two times, and then I was his third wife. And um, he had a son with his first wife and a daughter with his second wife. And I had a child out of wedlock, and they were two months apart, the two middle girls. And then we had our, our last child together and um two ex-wives were not nice and they weren't fun um but in the end i found that if you always tell the children the truth that you you kind of i don't call it winning or losing but in a way you win in the end because if you always tell them the truth and you're always consistent no matter what and you run your home the way you run your home when they come and they go and they're, they're back with their parent or they're with you, the disruption can't take place because this is how we operate in our home. 
And so I, I tried to teach anything that I could when my stepchildren were with me, and they ended up all ended up living with me at the end of everything. <laughs> well, you certainly have been down a trail with some challenges and having to uh, balance different things and different relationships. It makes it more complicated, but the principles you've shared work and they make a difference. So Amanda, thank you for taking time calling from Texas. Um, I appreciate it. Let me go. Let me see. I think Tammy is next here in Michigan. Tammy, welcome to the uh, Intentional Living. looks like you have a question for me today. Uh, Yes, Dr. Randy, I I have a question. My husband and I are fostering um, a kinship would be like a great niece. Mm -hmm. I did forget to mention to Steve when I called in um, that this child does not believe in God, does not believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's created quite a wedge in our family. And my husband's more authoritarian and I'm more like, I try to pick and choose my battles because there's a lot of battles. How old is he? So 15. And if he wants us to respect him and and do that, then he needs to follow our rules and do his chores like he is told and yeah. keep his grades up. And and I feel like it's a never-ending battle. It's, it, this it, kid is just, gimme, 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 what can I have? Um, and it's, it's, it's creating quite, um, quite a lot of tension between have, my husband and I. And you have other we children? Have two adult children? Yeah, we have two adult children that are okay. married and moved out. Right. We're trying to just, you know, I had a calling that I felt God wanted us to take these kids. Right. And, um, so you, you have no opinion. other children in the home? No. Okay. So the, all you have, what you have right now is a 15 year old. Uh, in the home. Okay. Uh, let me share a couple principles with you. I'm sure there's people speaking to the radio right now uh, in terms of what they would do. But a couple of principles. One is you don't change what you what your values are and how you run your home for somebody else. And so if there's certain things that are acceptable and unacceptable in your home, then you need to maintain those. At the same time, to love someone, care for someone who's obviously going through a difficult time in their life and having a lot of questions and there's a lot of disruption in their life and so on. Caring for them is a great thing, but I'll tell you what, you you can't throw your life upside down by allowing someone else to enter into your home and change everything about how your home operates. And so no matter how, how they view life or how they view themselves, to be able to say in this home, this is, these are things that are important to us and this is how we're going to operate and this is what's acceptable and not acceptable. We love you and we care for you and, and God loves you and God has something better for your life than this. Then you need to be able to be able to maintain that. Now, what do you, maybe the bigger question is what do you do when you have someone in your home and they're, they're 15 they're refusing to do it? They're refusing to follow the rules. Um, well, that makes it difficult because you're stepping in to help. I, I, there's probably a, a lot of story here in, in background that, that I haven't heard. Uh, you and your husband need to get some counsel, godly counsel, spiritual counsel. You need to have your pastor involved in how you're handling this. You need to get some, in my view, I'd get some professional counseling for you, you guys uh, in terms of how you're going to approach this as uh, stepping in and caring for this, this uh, person. At the same time, to to be in a place where you're not allowing anything to come into your home that will destroy your family. I've been around long enough. 
I've seen families who, in with good hearts, step in to try to help someone, and in the process, their family's been destroyed. They allowed that to come in to destroy their family. And so you need to be in a place where you can love and care, but at the same time, set your boundaries and hold on to them, which is really, I think, the bigger issue of what we're talking about here today. We started with the caller uh, that Jeannie was saying, what do I do when I talk to my kids? They don't listen to me. They're going to do their own thing. And what do we say? Hold them accountable. Don't change how you operate your home. Love them. Listen to them. Pray for them. Hey, we can't stop. (laughs) We should never stop the spiritual blanket over our homes and our family. But you need to make sure you're protecting your own spirit and uh, your own life. I think that's important. All right. Thank you for that call. Let's take a quick break. We're going to be back talking heavy stuff, serious stuff today. How do you love your kids when your kids are maybe heading in directions that uh, you don't approve of? Honey, can you run a couple of errands for me? Where? The pharmacy, the deli, and the car needs gas. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what do you mean? That's a lot of places to go. Across town, through town, around town. I wish things were more like the Intentional Living mobile app. Now I'm really confused. It's everything Intentional Living, all in one place. I downloaded it from my app store, and it's got links to web resources, podcasts, shortcuts to Intentional Living on Facebook and Instagram. That's great! Let me look at your phone while you run those errands, hmm? This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. Single moms are 40% more likely to experience this one thing. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. That one thing is depression. Depression is a serious problem in our nation, but single moms especially are under the stress of taking care of the family, providing for their family, making decisions all alone, and depression is a serious issue. Can I encourage you if you're a single mom today that you find some social connection? You get involved in a local church that preaches the Word of God, that you take time to take care of yourself, that you exercise, that you eat well, that you establish some goals, not only short-term goals of getting through the day with your children, but some goals for the future for yourself, things that you can look forward to, and then experience small victories in your life. You can do it, and God will strengthen you in the process intentionally. Visit us at theintentionallife.com. Again, when you join us here at Intentional Living, you're part of a ministry that cares for you, loves you, wants the best for you, for your family, for your marriage. And that's why we get into some of these topics. And while we were taking that little break, I was sort of uh, camped a little bit on that last call, which uh, brings up uh, the, the whole principle, again, that as a parent, you're responsible to do the very best job you can, but you're not always responsible for the outcome. In other words, kids are going to make decisions. You're responsible for the input. You and I are going to be held accountable someday for how we raised our kids and our grandkids. But they they belong to God, not us. And so God needs to do his work in the life of our kids and grandkids. And smart parents learn to give their children to God, but not, not to give away their responsibility in the parenting. And then there's those of you who have stepped in to help 
those that are in need that are coming to you maybe uh, as a family member and you're supporting them and they're bringing, remember, they're bringing into your home whatever it is that's a part of their life. And so you need to be very wise and in agreement on are you equipped to handle those things? Are you equipped to be able to do those things? And that's why I ask about other kids in the family and so on. That's really important. Okay, uh, we're talking about uh, the kids today. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, we've got uh, Tawny. Tell me, how, how, do you, how do you stay connected with your adult children? Because I know that's really your issue. Uh, and you love them, but they're doing things and making decisions that you don't agree with. You know, what do you do? You know, I, I have learned that I need to show my children the same love that Jesus shows me, okay? And sometimes they're angry at us. Sometimes they disconnect from us. And, you know, and that's okay. You have to hold them accountable. But in the same sense, you have to be there for them always. I'm always here for you, and I always love you. And show them that love. Show them what that is. And I think over time, my children are learning that in times of trouble, there is only one thing. You know, it's love. It's love and faith that gets you through those hard times. So how do you do that in a practical way for the next 30 days? Prayer. Prayer is a big thing. And, you know, uh, neither of my children are um, have accepted Jesus Christ, but that doesn't stop me. When I visit them, I ask them if I can do a prayer, and I do a silent prayer with them, you know, and they allow me to do that with them, and that brings us closer. So they're out of the home at this point? They're out of the home, and and they're grown. And we've had some trials this last year. My son uh, had an accident, and he's a quadriplegic, and he's quite bitter. But, you know, that love and those prayers have gotten us through some really hard times. Mm. Thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Tawani. I appreciate it. By the way, our comment line is open. I'd love to have you join in the discussion today. We have our callers set, but uh, maybe you've learned something. Maybe you have a question about this when it comes to parenting and you find your kids heading in a direction that you're not comfortable with. Uh, you can call 888 There are many verses in Scripture in the book of Proverbs that talk about foolishness in the life of our children and I think of one is uh, Proverbs 10, 1. It says that a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. And uh, as a mom and a dad, maybe you have experienced that with one of your children, where they bring you joy one day and grief the next. And being prepared to know how to handle that is such a critical thing to do. Uh, so many of you called. Lynn was unable to hang on the line, but she did want me to reference a couple things she commented on to Stephen, was uh, to talk to them when, when, when you're younger, but also when they're younger. In other words, if you can open up communication with your kids, if you have a home where your kids learn that they can talk to you about anything, and you can talk to them about the truth, and you have an open, honest discussion where you don't lose it when they say something, that's a great thing to do. If you can have that kind of a home when they're five or six or eight years old, it's going to be a lot easier when they're 15. Now, I know they get a little weird when they get to be about 12 or 15, okay? Because you got weird too, right? About that age. And so that's okay. Just just remember that. As my dad used to say, don't worry about it, Randy. They go through stages. Don't worry about it unless they get stuck in a stage because you, you don't want a 38-year-old man acting like an 18-year-old, Okay. You don't want them stuck at that stage, but as they go through these stages, keep the communication open. And then this is a really important point that Lynn makes is to pray for their friends. 
I would add, not only pray for their friends, but know who their friends are and have them be at your house instead of their house because at your house you know what's going on because the, the reality is today you don't have any idea what's going on at the other house. You think you do, but you don't. I heard a psychologist just uh, yesterday make the statement that whenever, whenever uh, their child's friends come over, their child doesn't have uh, a cell phone. They don't have access to the network. To, to being on the web um, without supervision. So when their friends come over, they make sure that all of their cell phones are turned in. You're welcome to play, play in the yard, do all the things you want, but the cell phones go in the basket at the front door and you're welcome to take them home when you leave. Right? Um, so I think knowing your friends, knowing your kids' friends, Praying for them, but playing the game at your home is powerful. I'd rather always play a home game on my home court. I mean, any coach listening, you all know you'd rather play at home than on an away field or court. And then thank God for your teens. It's such a great time. It can be such a a learning experience. Keeps you young. And as grandparents watching our, right now we've got a teenage granddaughter watching her grow up and move into the teen years. That's really exciting for us to see that and be a part of her life and the other grandchildren that will be following as well. All right. Tell you what, let's take a quick break. Then we're going to come back. Uh, we got uh, Wayne who wants to join us about what he's doing with his kids that keep asking him questions and driving him crazy. Uh, we'll get to that in uh, just a couple minutes. What's a beautiful thing about Christ we see in scripture is that the culture in which Christ lived, women were rejected, they were downcast, they were, even in the world today, second, third, and fourth class citizens. But Christ elevated women. It's one of the things I've always been impressed with when you read the scripture, how Christ elevated the position, importance, and value of women. And we see here that God made up the difference of this woman being on love by healing her of these seven demons, bringing her into his circle of influence. That's an excerpt from the teaching this month for our intentional living community, our lesson, our mentoring lesson on the topic of the ways in which God loves and cares for and provides for the unloved in the world. And as I was doing a study of scripture, uh, I had an aha moment as I started to see that God sort of made up the difference when he ran across these unloved people, like Leah. We see that in the Old Testament where God made up the difference and opened her womb. Uh, We see the uh, prisoner on the cross. Now, this guy had to be unloved. No one there that we see in Scripture that was there loving him at at his last moment. I mean, he was obviously abused and uh, lost and... And yet we see Christ saying, today you'll be with me in paradise. You talk about loving the unloved. Beautiful pictures from Scripture. And if you know someone or someone in your life, or maybe you, and you struggle with this feeling of being unloved, the lesson from Intentional Living this month is for you. So, members, it'll be coming to you, as it always does, about mid-month. Watch for it. Video and audio coming to your email. A few of you still receiving it. On CD, that's all right for those of you that uh, prefer CDs. You still have a CD player? So yeah, there we go. I still have one in my, in my older car, my old car. I got one. No eight tracks though, no cassettes, just CDs. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, every month we send a new lesson. Those of you joining us today, come and be a part of this journey of intentional living. Life is short. You're making a difference. Thank you for being a part of it. We'll make sure you receive the uh, lesson and the ongoing each month. Just go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. We're talking parenting today from intentional living when your kids are making decisions, going in a direction you're concerned about it. And uh, for Wayne, who's standing by, it sounds like for you, you've got some kids who are asking questions, maybe over and over, maybe a little makes you a little frustrated. I know sometimes uh, you don't know how to handle questions. So um, what do you do when those, uh, when those kids, Wayne, are asking you those questions? What I've done is I've learned to be very patient about questions. In other words, I don't have no biological children. I have stepkids. But I do this with my stepkids. I do this with the people at work. Do it this with the children at church. What I've done is I've tried to be like Jesus because whenever they ask me a question, it don't matter now if they ask me that question a hundred times. I know how Jesus would answer. He would just answer it because they don't know the answer and they want the answer. So that's what I have done with my parenting is now whenever somebody asks me a question, I just answer the question because they need an answer. <laughs> Instead of a message uh, or to be preached at at that moment, right? Yes. So I just answer their question because I want to be known as, well, if you got a question, you can go ask him. I don't want them to say, oh, don't ask him. He's going to get mad. I don't want that. I want to be like, and we all should want to be like Jesus because I know how Jesus would answer that question. He would just answer their question again. Mm-hmm. He sure did. Thank you, Wayne. Appreciate it, uh, man. Appreciate your call. Uh, this has been fun. Last two days, we've been taking calls. Really, it all started with uh, Jeannie, who asked the question, what do I do when I, I share with my children what they should do and they don't listen to me? Welcome to the club. That's a reality. And I hope some of the things you've heard today and yesterday have been positive, have been helpful to you. Uh, we certainly would love your feedback. All you have to do is give us a call at 888 to leave your your comments with us on our comment line because uh, certainly we'd love to, to hear from you. Uh, and I hope you'll be I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. We, we were we're going to pick up on a topic we, we talked about a few days ago of um, how do you discover that one thing in your life, how you're wired, what makes you unique? Are you finding yourself that you're doing or being in a place that you're not really satisfied uh, in your life? Maybe, maybe you, you, God's given you a talent for music and you never explored it, or maybe there's some educational things or something in your life and you realize for whatever reasons you're not in that place in your own life where God intends. And uh, we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Hope you'll join me for that. Jennifer, thank you for uh, running the controls here today. Stephen, our producer, Gino, uh, on Facebook Live. Thank you all for joining us. And Andrew, who is, if Andrew wasn't here, none of these wires would be hooked up and we'd be talking to ourselves. And so thank you, Andrew, for making sure all the wires are soldered together correctly. Uh, Have a great day. I'll see you again tomorrow. Again, come to our website, a lot of helpful information and encouragement for you at theintentionallife.com. Remember, life is short. Figure out what pleases Christ and then do it. That is intentional living. And when you bring glory to God, I can almost promise you it'll bring benefit to you and those you love. 
because that's what intentional living is all about. Have a great day.